This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the one, the only, the singular show on the internet where we discuss things like fantasy, sci-fi, swords, dragons, space lasers, robots. I am Dan Selke, back from an absence last week, and I want to say two things quickly about that. A, thank you to Cody Schultz for filling in, and B, if you think you can take this, you got another thing thing coming, Cody Schultz, I'm back, and I will not be abdicating the throne again. And Daniel Roman, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm mildly amused at, at this power grab to make sure that all usurpers are put in their place, but it feels fitting. It feels on brand. And I'm glad to have you back, Dan, even though it was an excellent time with Cody. Thank you again to Cody Schultz for coming on last too week. excellent, right? But yeah, you were missed. How's that? Did I good. did I tell that line well? Uh, yes. It, it was that, excellent, that, but you that, were missed. That was very good. Thank you very much. <laughs> and seriously, thank you, Cody, for filling in. But also, you stay away from my gig. But also, thanks. Come back anytime. <laughs> try anything funny. We'll try to negotiate this. You have eye surgery for one week in your back. Hey, everybody. Hey, Martha. Hey, Julie. Uh, Julie, thank you for getting up early. I know that it's uh, tricky for you to watch this, so I appreciate you Trooper. all always. Hey, Andrew. My eye looks good. Thank you. Um, yeah, it was it was it was it was strange. I, I got full eye surgery. They cut it open. I don't want to bore you with all of the details. I actually do, but I won't. I love telling folk exactly how they cut things open, but I'm not going to say it here because I don't oh want to run afoul of any sensibilities. I think it's really interesting. But yes, I can see I mean, again, everything's fine. content level podcast. It's okay to talk about the, the gross, gory details. All right, fine. They flip my eyelid inside out and then they cut into the sty from the from like the inside. But now it was facing. Oh, out. my God. And then they dug around in there crazy. to get the gunk out and it didn't feel good. I'll tell you that I wasn't under or anything. <laughs> they just like numbed it. I thought it was painful. All right. OK. okay. And we're a, done. A Kyburn status operation is what I'm hearing. Hearing. I wasn't going to share that. Daniel kind of gave me an uh, opening and I took I'm it. intrigued. Anyway, thanks for coming, everybody. <laughs> and let's get into some juicy things to talk about, of which there are plenty, including the yes. Game of Thrones prequel show, House of the Dragon, which is coming along nicely. But now is a, they're filming season two in England in other places. But there is a complication mm-hmm. because, Daniel, Hollywood writers... The people that uh, give pithy lines to sitcom protagonists and the people who determine who lives and who dies on popular dramas, they're on strike. There's a Hollywood writer's strike. Mm 11,000, I think I heard. They are. Are on the picket line writing their cute little signs. And you know they're good because they're writers. Um, Demanding. Yes. The signs have been great. The signs have been better than a lot of other places. Like, one that got me was the one time that just said, um, pay your writers or we spoil succession. And I'm like, holy crap, pay them now. I will not have it spoiled <laughs> yeah. for me. Yep. I loved that one. Uh, yeah. yeah. The the Hollywood, uh, the Writers Guild of America is on strike as of Tuesday at midnight Pacific time. And like Dan said, this affects a, a large range of shows. It's not just people working in Hollywood. It's anyone who's like done writing work for Hollywood. So people internationally who are members of this organization are no also gaming. required to be on strike. Uh, pencils down, no no writing for shows. <laughs> so what that means is that uh, it could potentially delay work on some shows, might not delay work on some other ones that already have scripts in. Um, and generally, what they have a large list of demands, very reasonable demands, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But that neither here nor there they they have stuff they want studios are pushing back on a lot of it but the crux is that it has to do with streaming basically there hasn't really been a big restructure in how writers are paid since streaming took off so a lot of writers take enormous pay cuts to write 
for streaming services as opposed to cable. And that's kind of at the heart of what a lot of this is because streaming's not yeah. new anymore. It's not emergent technology and there's a good excuse True. to yeah, underpay for people for. Yeah. And there are fewer episodes of a season of TV for streaming as there are for a normal, like, uh, you know, the uh, cable network show. So there's less chances to get paid. Yeah. They want higher residuals. There are some weird ones in here. That I just want to say, like, the one... Okay. Did you, did you read the demand where they wanted um one writer per episode of, like, a six-episode season, then one additional writer required for each two episodes after six, up to a max of 12? So basically... Yes. If there were eight episodes, it requires seven writers. So... Does that mean that like you couldn't have one person write three episodes of an eight episode season? They under the union rules, they would they would require you to have seven, at least seven different writers for an eight episode season of TV. Um, That is a good question. Uh, It seems like that is the example that they give. And uh, on the one hand, I mean, that's not that weird, honestly, like, well, usually, you know, it's often with like streaming era shows like you really do see a writer on an episode or two per season like that's pretty normal Mm -hmm. um so that seems like a lot of the things they're asking for seem like things to ensure writers are not being overworked and underpaid which is the prevailing problem so that is i would presume a measure against that so that you don't end up with a studio saying we hired two writers for this eight episode season now go write us, you know, four episodes a piece. We're but- getting around this. Like J. Michael Straczynski just announced a new Babylon 5 thing. Straczynski famously wrote like every single episode of Babylon 5 back in the day, all like 30,000. Like uh, on Game of Thrones, I think Benioff yeah. and Weiss wrote most of them. Like um, I am in favor uh- of whatever's best for the show. And uh, I don't know. I, I wonder if uh, under these rules, like a creator who just wanted to write most of the episodes would be forced to hire folk that they didn't really want to collaborate with in the first place because they don't got no idea what they're doing and um, had to do that. I don't like it. it. Well, that's, it. you know, your example of Benioff and Weiss is a decent one, actually, because it there's this illusion, right, of the 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 showrunner who writes their own show. But like Benioff and Weiss typically <laughs> yeah. did two, maybe three episodes tops per season. They really weren't writing every episode of Thrones. Not everyone, but they were writing more than this would allow. Yes, they were writing more than this would allow. So there are things like that where it seems like there, you know, there maybe is some negotiating that needs to happen to ensure that mm-hmm. all to account for all those possibilities. But then there are other things they're asking for, like requiring a second step if hired for a screenplay for less than 250% of the minimum. I'm not too clear on what a second step is. I assume that's just a little bit of extra employment security for writers who are hired to do uh, a smaller amount of writing. And basically the the counter from the studio is we'll hold a meeting with executives <laughs> about free work concerns. So there are some free things where it concerns. feels like the studios oh, yeah, are kind of giving the middle finger on this. Uh, AI is another one where they want some regulations on how AI is used in yeah. the screenwriting industry. Makes sense. And yeah. that they came back and said, we'll hold a meeting once a year to talk about advancements in technology. <laughs> to listen to you complain and ignore you. Yeah. Yeah. So so this is a whole thing. We don't know how long this will last. Um, the last time the Writers Guild went on strike was in 2007. hundred days and it, lasted it lasted. for a, Yeah, hundred days. And it famously affected shows like Lost and, you know, all those other breaking bad i think season one of breaking bad was around that time sitcoms were cut short the office had like an eight episode season that year although it was a good season it had the one where they had the dinner party it was really awkward yeah they're already affecting things yeah conan o'brien famously paid his staff like out of his own pocket and just improvised on his late night show because late night shows are gonna be the first place you really see the effect of this because a lot of them write on the fly like Mm -hmm. day of day before and saturday night live will probably go dark that kind of thing yeah so we'll we'll be keeping an eye on this but the good news for the game of thrones fandom is that shows like house of the dragon are seemingly gonna stay on schedule because those scripts were already done they're off filming I do wonder how this affects someone like Ryan Condal, who like wrote scripts, but is also the showrunner. Like, will he be allowed to be on set 
chiming in for stuff because I re- I do remember hearing about this with Lost that like there were writers who like did not want to leave the set of Lost because it was their baby, but the the strike was happening. They had to. So I'll be curious to kind of see what the effect is. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Oh yeah, union stuff can be interesting because yes, there's like that. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll just do it. There's that joke from All About Eve oh, God. where... Um, she gets mad at like the person for moving the costumes because like you're not allowed to move a costume that's the costume movers job their union they'll get mad about that yes uh or like you know teamsters where you know the, the one person has to lift the thing and the other person has to set it down like there are definitely rules like writers i think if you're a showrunner you can show run but if you make up a line on the spot if that could be constitute writing and that could be seen as breaking the strike um, which is why there have been critiques because folk have, yes, House of the Dragon is going to keep filming. The scripts are done, but there's writing that goes on on set of any show, pretty much like writers, especially in these big dramas are often on set. They're advising actors. If like an actor has an injury, they have to rewrite something um, or they just want to rewrite things just because like in Game of Thrones, they had to write the Varys Littlefinger tete-a-tete scenes because they had to fill time and they had to do that in um house of the dragon episode Mm -hmm. nine that scene where um uh alicent and her son Aegon are in the carriage talking that was kind of improv on the day and that was the only good scene in that episode and that was kind of a it was and that was like one that kind of came (laughs) out organically and, and, and involved a writer so writers do more than just write the scripts ahead of time they also are on set finessing things and coming up with new stuff if new stuff needs to be come up with so it, it's not just as easy to say that the show is going to keep on shooting um without writers it might be True. a different show than it would be with writers on set and there have been folk yes. who have called this out by the way there have been some other writers and wga members who were like oh house dragon shooting huh scabs like who have been saying that this does <laughs> maybe it's not technically breaking the strike, but that writers are going to be going without work here. Well, yeah, so that it, it's it's tricky it, when shows are in production is when it gets complicated for all the reasons you just said, you know, Good Omens is another one that is going to be largely unaffected done, by this because right? it's already done. It's already yeah. done. It's already handed in. But uh, Neil Gaiman talked about this. He doesn't know that he'll be able to promote it the way he would like to out of solidarity for the strike because he is a member of the WGA as well. Um, so there are, it, it is definitely a big spider web out of um, just ways this can affect productions. Um, a lot of, um, prominent screenwriters have obviously spoken out about this. Brian Cogman from Game of Thrones, uh, Jennifer mm-hmm. Hutchinson, who wrote for um, Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. So, yeah, mm-hmm. this is this is a big deal. And honestly, uh, it's kind of due uh, after all of the sort of sure. streaming advancements we've seen, all of the HBO Max stuff with stuff getting scrapped kind of ruthlessly i think this is really necessary um i saw one writer talking about how residuals are at the heart of this and and what that is is basically the writer's cut of ad revenue on reruns and with cable that was often four or five figures it could get up to be that kind of amount with streaming it's like in the hundreds of dollars so it's a it just gives you an idea of how they might have been able to survive on it in a previous era. And there just aren't accommodations being made for, for that in these new mediums. So yeah, it's overdue, but we'll see what happens. It is. There are also like these tricky things they do to kind of further some franchise writers. Like there's a thing that was listed in their demands where they're like assemble a team of writers to break a show, but then, lose them and hire another team to actually write the show and it's all to avoid yes having a writer on staff for too long such that like benefits yes. might kick in 
Like, yeah, that's some shady crap and it should be over. Um, so yeah, definitely yep. needed there, but it does cause complications. And there have been some great comments on here. I think someone said that um, the Dan's could step in and uh, yeah, <laughs> let's see Dan oh, pick a line and just, I'm saying right now, if I'm listening, nah. I will scab uh, like crazy. Uh, like I'm Sam, not part of the union. What are you doing? We're not but in the union. I what? will not. We're, we're not. In I the will union. not. If how it's okay. HBO, if HBO called, I support you the up, union I just the wholeheartedly. If HBO called you up. If HBO called you up and said, Daniel Roman, we want you to come to the set of House of the Dragon in England, Spain, wherever, and give your expertise on finessing the scenes and making sure they go smoothly as possible. We'll pay you this much. Oh, screw solidarity. Screw union. Screw togetherness. Nah, screw I wouldn't the do it. I, I wouldn't, would. Be I would say, call me back. Heartbeat. After the strike, <laughs> call me back after the strike. You can't do it because the ah, thing is, it, these sorts of things will affect people for decades. Like I've seen a lot of people talking about how the previous strike was partially, you know, for rights for the people who are dealing with it now, but also to make mm -hmm. sure that screenwriting is a viable profession in 20 years. Mm -hmm. And some of these changes, like another one that the studios are pushing is to get to a point where some writers on comedy and variety shows are paid a daily rate instead of weekly. So essentially that turns comedy and variety writing into mm. a gig economy thing instead of a job. We'll pay you for the day sure. you come in instead of paying you a salary. So it's stuff like that where it is disenfranchising the profession. It needs to happen. Sorry, Dan, I would not scab. Again, can't, I don't think you can scab if you're not part of the union. No, or maybe you can. I don't know this no. very well. Whatever. Well, I'm saying HBO. A, a, if, yeah. I mean, because you're not, we're under no obligations. All I'm saying is, HBO, if you want me to come over, if you want to fly me to England and advise and house the dragon, I'll do it. I will sell everybody out. So just um, let me it. know and uh, hit me up. My number is, my social is one thing. No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, well, yeah, mm -hmm. what's next, Dan? What else have we got to talk about? Uh, quite a bit. You know, Daniel, earlier today, uh, the good folks at Warner Bros. Discovery, who are the ones behind House of the Dragon and the ones who are continue. Well, no, I'm so kind of curious. Do you think House of the Dragon and other shows should shut down in light of the strike, even though scripts are written already? Um, I think... I think that if the scripts are done, what do you think? I, I don't think they should be shutting down necessarily. I think that would be an enormous statement, but I can really understand why a show that there's so many moving parts to that, right? There are. So on the one hand, you want to support the writer's strike. You need to, to need to do that. On the other hand, how many other people are you going to put out of the job by shutting down an entire production yeah, true. that is already underway? Like, think about the props people, the people doing the costuming, the makeup, like the sets. Sets are being built. Uh, so I think that is the trickiest part of the entire equation is shows like House of the Dragon that are months into production already. I don't think they should shut down but again like you said that gets tricky when it comes to rewrites so uh, my gut instinct is you no they shouldn't shut down but also it's sure. it's messy you also like define things where they like the writer who said that the house of dragon poker scabs for doing this claimed in that tweet that choosing a costume constituted writing which i'm like does it um I, I'm not sure. I guess it depends on how broader definition is. Like kind of the new line, that's a writing gig. Uh just in a costume. I don't know, but maybe there's a way to argue that. But uh we'll see that play out in the court of public opinion, in negotiations. Yeah. In I think all that's a of this stretch going personally. Forward. I can let's understand not, the logic, not act right? Like just... unions are always have perfect on every single thing. Unions can go overboard, but yes. I do support this. Yes, union. they can. That's yeah, I think that's true. They can. I think this is a, a very clear instance of where it's needed. Um, but yeah, the costuming thing, that's the stretch to me. Because it's like, yes, I mean, I suppose George R. R. Martin wrote what everyone's wearing in his book. So technically that's writing. But that's not a normal part of script writing. 
like most scripts don't say mm-hmm. this is what the costume looks like unless it's very essential so yeah that's a stretch i think also just fast before we move on just um yeah a lot of shows gonna come out like the uh the witcher is still gonna be coming out that's already in the can yes good omens there mm-hmm. are shows like stranger things the last of us the boys that haven't started to shoot yet where they're still drafting yep. things that mu- those might get delayed so um oh no the boys wrapped the the boys wrapped filming season oh, four oh so never mind okay yeah i forgot the boys so the um so like the last stranger of us, things stranger definitely. things maybe and definitely the last of us too because they're yeah. still in the scripts or like yeah. season three for house of the dragon or i think the way the time is yep. actually shooting um so things season could be delayed while well, they're shooting yeah i think they are shooting. yeah season two of wheel of time i don't think will be delayed because that is already wrapped they're oh, yeah. shooting season three though we haven't heard about so it, i don't know how well if yeah it's it's wrapped yeah they're they're playing it very close to the chest sometime later this year uh is when we're expecting it but yeah it could affect season three for sure what about reshoots like you hear about reshoots all the time like on marvel movies yep. like they, they shoot a thing and then they edit it and like eh, we got to change this bit so they go back and write a quick new scene and reshoot it like that couldn't get done and you know you no, know someone's no. gonna try to go to ai before they have any protections in place during this period and see what that can do um yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be an it interesting is, strike yeah that's the thing with like a lot of the the ai discussions this is not an academic conversation for screenwriters right now it, it, it's not a theory thing it is a real world case study on how studios are using it or hoping to use it and how it might affect the writers who would typically have those jobs. So I think you're probably right. And I think that makes the case for why they need those protections in place. You know, our writers are on strike. Let's get AI to write a what would probably be shitty script. Daniel. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting times in Hollywood for sure. We'll definitely be keeping an ear to the ground on this stuff. I hope it resolves soon. I hope it resolves in the writer's favor. But yeah, looking forward to uh, seeing what happens. Yeah. Moving on, there are other things happening. So Warner Bros. Discovery, the Maker's House of the Dragon, also dropped the trailer for Dune Part 2, the sequel, yes. Sand Everywhere. Love it. And mm. I thought that we would just, let's uh, let's watch it and see what feelings arise. Let's do it. I'm here for it. Look, it's oh, the Dune from Dune. <laughs> I, loved, I loved this. We can't hear it here, but uh, he's Paul is describing to Chani what an ocean That's is cute, yeah. in this scene. I loved that. And she doesn't believe him. <laughs> she wouldn't. I mean, she's lived in the desert her whole life. There's no water. Water's very precious. Right. We got a lot of stars. So this here. is Lady Lady Jessica in, Paul's in on a her. little carriage. Pause on uh, Florence. Yeah. Pew. I like the taglines. Pause this, on Pew. These movies. Pause for Pew. Are the are like the pause for Pew. Are the biggest star studded affairs, I think, of our time. Like we just saw Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya you know, new Hollywood royalty, just chatting on the sand dune. We got Florence Pugh as Princess Irulan. We got Austin Butler, rising up and comer, Austin Butler coming up. Yeah. We already had Jason Momoa and Oscar Isaac. They both died in the first movie. And Josh Brolin, Stellan Skarsgård. I was going to say Stellan Skarsgård. Javier Bardem. Like so I saved many. that one for oh, you. This time we got Christopher <laughs> Walken coming on, although he isn't in the trailer, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, just so many, so much star power for this thing. Um, all for a story about, um, you know, warring feudal space families fighting over spice, fighting over paprika, um, on the desert planet of Arrakis. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm hard pressed to think of another recent movie that had this type of cast, you know, maybe outside of an Avengers, but that's almost like cheating star because it's built studded. in, um, but yeah, this is definitely, it's a huge cast. I loved seeing Florence Pugh getting a look at Irulan. Um, So she only appears a little bit in the book near the end, and then she's in the sequels. So it seems like they're going to expand mm-hmm. her role a little bit for the movie, it does. which yeah. I'm fine with. You don't get Florence Pugh if you're not going to give her a decent part to play. Exactly. Um, so yeah, exciting times. Let's do we want to continue? Do you have I more? I do, yeah. Let, let, let's okay. see what she gets up to. Beyond fear. I don't like the taglines right. for the trailer, by the way. There's poor old Duke Leto, Oscar Isaac. He dead now. Uh, Fury. Well, yep. I don't like any of these lines. I also don't like. I totally forgot they even exist. So I agree. <laughs> I won't. Sp- 
Okay, so that's Austin. Uh, can we Butler. pause on Austin Butler? Back up for Austin Butler as the Eggman. Yes. Whew. I don't know. He looks terrifying. Fade Roth is supposed to be like a bit of. Isn't he supposed to be good looking? I've read the book in a while. It it has been a while. I would not be surprised. I mean, it, <laughs> clearly the the previous David Lynch version got that note that he was supposed to be good looking because this is the role that Sting played in a speedo and in, in that version of the movie. Um, but it, yeah, it seems like they're going with the Harkonnen being, does, um, yes. you know, very pale Egg and people, very bald, yeah. and that is their family look. Uh, we don't quite know why, but you know, well, they're nothing if not being consistent. I think it, he looks terrifying. I jury's out for me on on how much I like this look for him, but it's certainly striking. And yeah, yeah, Richard is also right. He does look like uh, one of the aliens from Prometheus. Totally on point. He Um, looks like the last egg in the carton. Okay, roll it. Nice. (laughs) The Dune. There's Dave Bautista. Bautista. Yeah, they're all bald. I think like all the Harkonnen scenes are in black and white. They like live in a monochromatic land, like not just their faces and their heads, but just everywhere. And we got Paul Atreides trying to summon a sand dune, uh, try and ride a sand dune. Javier Bardem being like, sand, don't do sand anything worm. too fancy. Sorry, so summon a sand dune. Sandworm, yes. <laughs> There's, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's cool. Javier Bardem being like, don't do anything too fancy, which sounds too Star Wars to me. Um yeah. I didn't well, I like, like that. He's like, don't try to impress Chani, basically. And Paul's like, yeah, sure. But you know he's going to. Their their romance is going to be a big part of this. But I mean, uh, I, this, am I love purist. this sandworm. I wish, I, I wish you saw like the whole thing. Like, a, I mean, I, I, I'm sure they'll save it. You know, they don't uh, want to give away everything in the trailer, of course. Yeah. But yeah, it'll be cool. I mean, look, I'm a bit of, I read the books not that long ago. And like, I know there is like, zero jokes in any of them so to hear them do like star wars band like don't get too fancy paul is a little like uh, frank Herbert would never in a million years write that but i get it it's a big blockbuster movie you want to kind of serve up the action adventure element and not just the incredibly cerebral sci-fi what is it yeah like yeah stand for the fighters well glory to the fighters can we pause on uh, whenever Paul is, uh, he's going to shout in front of the crowd in a sec. Can we pause on that? Play, play for, yeah. Um, Little crowd. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Dan. It, it, you know, Frank Herbert is not really known for his levity. Uh, um, <laughs> but I honestly, it doesn't well, bother me with this because the first movie was brooding as hell. Like it wasn't like a light movie. So the occasional joke doesn't feel like a, you know, it's missing the spirit. It's just like, this is a three hour thing. If it's going to be depressing the entire time, slipping in, you know, five jokes in the whole movie feels okay to me. Hey, folk love Dune. Apparently it worked for the book. These low, these past 60 years, but I get it. I get it. You, 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 you want to have a little bit of fun. It's a movie. And there he is, Paul Maudib, yeah. getting up there, rallying yep. the people to go uh, to fight the power and then to go on an intergalactic genocide. Um, but that'll be the third movie, probably. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know, you know, I don't really know what point in the Dune novels they're really getting off Arrakis and doing that. It'll be interesting. To, I don't think it's the second Dune one. one and two, the genocide happens and the Dune two is all about him kind of grappling with, well, I tried to be a leader and then my followers treated me as a Messiah and massacred like billions of people yeah. of the universe. Oopsie Daisy. Um, but you know, that'll yeah. be then. It'll be interesting to see. I like the decision I hope that they do a third one because I think d- adapting Dune he Messiah to, feels yeah. like a pretty smart choice for the arc of like like Paul in particular because you know that that does wrap up some pretty big Dune, stuff in yeah. his story. It does. Um, so yeah, so Dune Part Two is it's out November third. Um, are it, you going to yeah. see it, Dan? Oh yeah, I, of course. Ask. I, ha ha ha. 
Uh, the first one was really really fun. I thought it was good. I like I Dune's not my favorite like kind of sci-fi fantasy thing in the world, but I do like it and I do respect Same. it. And I liked the first movie. I enjoyed the book. So yeah, I will absolutely see it. Here's what gonna do. I mean, I like it for the ideas. I like the spectacle. I like the ambition. I like all the Hollywood stars and starlets up there on screen, just getting up there, being luminous. Uh, so yeah, I will absolutely see it. How yeah. about you? Oh yeah. I mean, no question. Um, it's it's a huge adaptation of a really famous sci-fi story. I think I would have to live in shame somewhere if I didn't. But I also really loved the first one. Um, I thought it, it was, was really, a good. really good. It kind of felt like the the Dune the Dune adaptation. I'd always wished and felt like that story should get and deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they nailed it. Um, you know, maybe it wasn't a hundred percent perfect, but at some point you're just nitpicking mm. for the sake of nitpicking. Yeah, um, I think it was a really spectacular movie. What a um, yeah, and I based on this trail, I got chills from the trailer, which does not happen often to me. So I'm definitely very stoked and totally prepared to be obsessed with Dune Part Two this fall. I, think I, it's gonna I be like awesome. the trailer. I didn't get chills. Podcast. I didn't like those little tag. Like the tag is "Long Live the Fighters," and it was like "Long Live Cool Scene," the cool scene fighters and i'm like long live the okay i never heard of that but whatever yeah um that that is i i gotta say that is pretty fair and i feel like part of why that didn't bother me is because it was so forgettable that my brain just tuned it out i forgot there was even any text in that trailer because i was just looking at the the different pictures and the different people coming on that we were seeing for the first time so yeah i agree with you i don't like those taglines they're silly uh, came on probably not but um they're, yeah they're ai taglines <laughs> Long live the fight. What? Why are you long live the fighters? But yeah, that'll be November 3rd. Good for it. Daniel, uh, lovely viewers out there. Are y'all watching or occasionally reading anything that you want to talk about? Occasionally. (laughs) Um, Well, I'll just say for me, the the main things I've been watching, I think Mm -hmm. I mentioned both of these last week. It hasn't been a very exciting week for me on the the watch front. I'm still slogging through The Walking Dead. I'm a few oh. episodes short of the ending. I, I'm deep into season 11. You've I think I've got a, a handful left. I'm watching solely out of obligation at this point because you don't watch an 11 season show only to quit like four episodes from the end. So I will finish it, but no I, I'm not impressed with season 11, honestly. It, <laughs> the the stakes are so laughably low compared to most of the walking dead's run the danger feels like you know i they're debating over the the ethics of the commonwealth and the poor staying poor and stuff like that and i'm just like you guys were literally trying to avoid being eaten by cannibals you were trying to avoid being stabbed to death by people dressed up like zombies now you're worried about you know who gets paid enough in the cake store. So it, <laughs> it, the stakes are just, it's interesting. They've totally bottomed out on the series for me, but I'm, I've heard the finale is good. So I'm hopeful. And beyond that, I'm watching succession. I'm <sighs> into season three now. So I will be caught up before the season that is currently airing ends. Um, and it's nice. great. It. And I'm really nervous because Kendall you know, he does what you want him to do, but then he self-sabotages so hard that it's like, well, I'm just watching these people make awful decisions, even though I wanted them to do these things. Um, I didn't want it to happen. Whenever like Kendall's this, on screen, so. I'm nervous for Ugh. his life. Like he's like one or two dumbsons away from just exploding everything all the time. It's good TV, but totally. yeah, he makes me nervous. K- Kendall Roy makes me nervous. Yeah. Weird name, too. I think that's really fair. Um, really fair. I I was watching... So in season three, there's a turn where he, he pulls this PR stunt, and then it's this that, yeah. sort of thing you were rooting for him to do all, all of season two, but then people accuse him of doing it for attention. And it's like, I never would have thought of that before this. But then he starts acting like he's doing it for attention. Like, what are people saying about me on Twitter? And, <laughs> oh, it's so painful, this show, but it's so good. Was it the birthday one with his birthday party in season three? Have you gotten to that um, yet? 
I haven't gotten to his birthday party. This is just the very beginning. So after the stuff came out gotcha, about cruises gotcha. and he was supposed to uh, fess up to something and he didn't. And then the the following episodes, he's like very, very interested in what people are saying about him and hiring lawyers and then not listening to them. And it's just so painful. Yeah, it gets to worse. Watch um, these people utterly self sabotage. You enjoy that. I I'm caught up. The recent one, Julie's Love and Succession. I watched the recent one. It's wonderful. It's, it, it's and the final season. It's awesome. really on a freaking tear. It's going to end strong. This show. I'm like I'm like I'm liking it a lot. That's great. I was watching The Diplomat. Cool. Remind me of Homeland and the Americans. I have not watched The Diplomat. Nice. One thing I did uh, yet, although I I I did hear it's interesting. Um, and also watch Outlander for the third time. Hey, if it, it's not broke, don't fix. Nice. Um, I did try out a new Season show. Season seven's coming. It's a good time. Yes, it is. Not long. July is it, or is it June? I think it's July. I okay. I'm gonna look while you talk about what you're watching. Okay. Ooh, what could it be? I did try a new show. I tried watching the new Amazon show Citadel, which they're really pushing hard. I've seen this on the side of buses. I've seen lots of ads for this. It's got Game of Thrones veteran yeah. Richard Madden, um, Rob Stark from Game of Thrones, and oh, Priyanka Chopra, is that her name? Uh, as the yeah. other lead. Uh, Priyanka yeah. Chopra Jonas, we should say. Um, oh, and my bad. Amazon spent, she's married to the Jonas brother that Sophie Turner is not married to, and not the third one that nobody knows. <laughs> um, that does narrow it down. Yes. Uh, and it was just a lot. It's this big spy series. Apparently, they spent a ton of money on it. I watched the first two episodes that are out, and it's pretty boring. Um, I can't. Oh, okay. It's very. Oh, although I am curious who, who anybody else is watching it. If anybody else tried, um, it's very perfunctory. It's very, very shallow, okay. and very in a rush. <laughs> to thrill you, I guess. Like, I'll just tell you it quick. So, like, the very first scene is yeah, Richard Madden and Chopra are super spies on a train. And, like, immediately, like, the first scene, the huge spy organization they work for is completely taken down and, like, just destroyed. They okay. lose all their memories and become new people. And I'm just like, I don't know who they, oh, they are they lose yet. their memories. So they have the amnesia cliche in there. There's a chilly, icy British villain. So they got that cliche in there. They got like the sexual will they won't. They just got that. It, it's like they they enjoy cliches as people. And just I was like, I don't know who you are yet. I don't know what the organization is like. There's like no baseline. It's always rushing to the next thing. I've never gotten comfortable watching the show once. Um, I don't like it very much, but it's pretty looking. <laughs> And Richard Madden's got the shirt off, and they do, do some good fisticuffs. But I, it's it's yeah. not that good. No, I don't like it. It's not selling you. Yeah, this is it's interesting because Citadel is a big swing for Amazon. So if you're not like familiar with what they're doing with it, they're airing this season right now, and their plan is to make other seasons set. I think one of them will be set in India and no, do those as series. as other series but under the same franchise of citadel yeah Mm -hmm. and do them in foreign languages um so to appeal to their global audience citadel will become a global franchise i think anytime studios are talking about how they're going to franchise a show before the show is any we know if it's any good flag immediately i'm like this is probably going to be a mistake um so I, I like Richard Madden and Priyanka Chopra Jonas. So I hope that this <laughs> show is good or it finds its fans. I, you know, I respect your opinion. So I fully believe you that it is uh, middling. But uh, yeah, yes, it, it's hard. It, the studio's rushing to make franchises is hard and it will never not feel like putting the cart before the horse to me. I feel like Netflix ruined The Witcher trying to do that. They ruined Shadow and they Bone. Did. I agree. And now they're ruining this thing. It isn't even a thing yet. Um, I have heard that Love and Death is very good, though, um, to uh, Andrew, who recommended that. On I, Yeah. I, I should get I've around heard... to that. I'm also watching Barry. I, I... That's kicking ass on HBO. Oh, nice. That, that's in the final season. That show's great. I love that show. 
and then yeah, uh, Ted I've Lasso. I've heard this season's awesome. It's very, very oh, cool. It, it's always been good, but yeah, um, HBO is ending Succession and Barry this year, and they're both going out on all cylinders firing. So good on them. That's awesome. Yeah, I've heard that this season of Barry is great. So HBO is is wrapping up some of its um, contemporary dramas a little bit. So yeah, I, and I have heard Love and Death is good. I've heard some mixed things because of how it portrays, you know, the person who gets murdered. <laughs> because you have to keep in mind that this is based on actual people. So these aren't characters. Ooh. They're playing real people. So there's a little bit of controversy over how it's changing who the victim is in a murder story, I guess. Uh, but I've heard that the show itself is hmm. really good and well-made. So glad you're enjoying it, Andrew. Two church-going couples enjoy small-town family life in Texas until somebody picks up an axe. Love and death. Come to yep. HBO Max this month. Yeah. On HBO I, I, I don't want to go into details of the murder story. In case it. Andrew doesn't know it, I don't want to spoil it. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, somebody gets murdered and the show seems to not be doing a very good job from what I've heard of keeping that a nuanced conversation. They've kind of built one person up as a very annoying nag who maybe viewers will root for to get killed. Well, God, did we like anything? Actually, yes, Barry and Succession, I'm liking a lot. No. Um, <laughs> never. Okay. <laughs> uh, if nothing else, should we go on to the Wick News lightning round where we get 20 seconds to just sound off on topics we didn't have time to get to during the main show? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, let me look at this really fast. Love that. That Wick News lightning round. Here it is. Okay. Um, you, you, okay. Um, you ask me the question first. Okay. Uh, yeah, because I don't know anything about this, but you rave about it. So I want to know stuff. Uh, so Warrior Season 3 is coming Ooh. to Max, not HBO Max, Max, Max. on June 29th. What is this show, Warrior, and how hyped should we be? Warrior is such a good show. Warrior is like the best show no one's watching. Martial arts drama based Ooh. on an idea that Bruce Lee had back in the 70s. Period drama about the Chinese gang wars in San Francisco in the 18-whatevers. Really, really good. Really, really fun. Really exciting. Good acting. Good action. Looking forward to this very much. I'm glad it's coming back. It's never got a lot watched, but we should watch this show. Watch Warrior and yeah. then watch it for when it comes back. Great show. All right. <gasps> Daniel, <clears throat> yes. Uh, Isaac Hempstead Wright, who played Bran Stark, and Indira Varma, who played Alaria Sand, are coming to Con of Thrones 2023 in July, the biggest unofficial Game of Thrones fan convention there is in Orlando, Florida. Yeah, Con of Thrones is happening again this year, uh, and the guest list is starting to fill out. So if you want to maybe get your picture taken with the King of the Six Kingdoms or hang out with <laughs> Ilaria Sand, you could do that. Um, I believe it's August 25th to 27th, oh, and tickets sorry. are on sale now at conofthrones.net. So uh, this sounds awesome. I hope one of us goes to it. I hope we both go to it. We really got to start talking to the people and see if Me we can too. get them to spring for cash. True. But uh, that'll be next time. Anyway, some, go on. Pull some levers. Make that mm. happen. All right. Uh, so Natasha Leone was offered the role of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, <laughs> but turned it down. That's just a fun little um, tidbit. I like Buffy a lot. And uh, Sam Michelle Gellar played the role for all seven seasons. And Natasha Leone. The woman from a poker face and uh, just as kind of blown up Russian doll when it recently was offered the role. What a different world we live in. Nothing to be the same. AI wouldn't be around. We just live in a completely different reality had that happen. And just um, love to think about it. All right. Daniel. Oh, here's another one. Uh, Pedro Pascal, star of Game of Thrones, The Mandalorian, The Last of Us has also joined the cast of the Gladiator sequel, Gladiator 2, whatever it's being called. Yes, to Gladiator, uh, to, mm-hmm. I don't too know, furious, to Rome, yeah. whatever. Uh, yes, Ridley Scott is making a Gladiator sequel. 
Well, Pedro Pascal is going to be in it uh, alongside Paul Mescal, Barry Keoghan, Joseph Quinn, and Denzel Washington. So the cast Washington is getting pretty stacked. Um, I'm just curious. Yeah, I'm just curious what the movie's going to be. Um, but internet rejoice. More Pedro Pascal is never the wrong answer. That guy is never not working. He loves to work. Okay, that's true. Moving on up. Um, all right. Oh, this is cool. So there... Uh, release date got announced for the animated Avatar The Last Airbender movie. It's coming out on October 10th, 2025. Yeah, um, the Last Airbender Wars are going on. Beloved animated Nickelodeon series from the 2000s that I'm a big fan of personally. They're making a live action version yeah. for Netflix we've heard nothing about like for a while. And then a no. bunch of animated movies by a separate studio and they're putting one out in 2025. Um, I want to see some back and forth. I want to see like them have competing posters and competing announcements, but it's just good. There's some movement on something. So get <laughs> your ass in gear, Nickelodeon. I mean, not Nickelodeon, um, Netflix and give us something. Um, Daniel, there you go. in big yes. name fantasy TV news shows, here's an image from the second season of The Wheel of Time, which is apparently coming sometime yes. this year, sooner or later. What is all this? Yeah, coming later this year. So we got some new casting announcements uh, from left to right. We've got Raga Ragnars as Bane, Ayula Smart as Avianda, and then Maya Simonson as one. Chiad. There are three Aiel Spear Maidens. So it's a desert dwelling culture that is very famous from the Wheel of Time. And we got to see them <laughs> in costume in a new video that is on YouTube. You can find it. And we'll see more of them in the Wheel of Time season two later this year. I'm ready to hear about that show. Jeez, it's been a while. You and and everyone else. It's it's what Wednesday. I haven't seen anything. Maybe, but it is what it is. Okay. They usually release teases on Wednesday for for what Wednesday. Oh right, W-O-T sorry. W O T Wednesday. It's Wick Wednesday is what it is, but it can also be Watt Wednesday. Sure. <laughs> All right, uh, Dan, you. So this next one, I think you have some opinions about this one. So AI generates a it generated a parody trailer showing what a Star Wars movie would look like directed by Wes Anderson mm-hmm. and cue the controversy. Because apparently like what are Wes your Anderson is like a thing right now. Whatever. The trailer was cute. I mean, I feel like some thing folk right. are reacting too harshly to these things and like it's ridiculous, Anders misunderstands things. Like it's a parody trailer of like Princess Leia framed in a Wes Anderson way. It was perfectly cute. Um, I'm way. There's still so much unknowns about AI, what it can do, what it can't do. I liked it. I thought it was cute. It made me laugh, and then I moved on. And I'm sure there was still like inputs. Yeah. Did you watch it? Did you like it? I I briefly looked at it. I didn't. I didn't particularly enjoy it, but I so I moved on before I had even finished watching it because just mm-hmm. wasn't wasn't my jam. You know, I'm I'm kind of in the I I want to say anti AI camp, but I didn't particularly like it. I think your write up of this raised some good points about like using likenesses of oh, people yeah, in AI. We're so going I, way over limit so, here. I know, whatever I want. We are. AI it's AI. That's sorry. We're not AI. So this is what you get. <laughs> That's true. Um, if yeah. we were AI, we would be all <laughs> cut off. We'd hit the buzzer every time. Yeah. So I, I definitely, I was not super enthused about it. I just think there's a lot of stuff that needs to be figured out yet. But I, it, I didn't think this was a, the big controversy that it got made out to be either. It is a parody trailer, like you said. Like I thought that if that wasn't AI, I thought folk would really have enjoyed that. It was like pastel. Stormtroopers, like if West Anderson would do it, it, sure, fine, whatever, for like a minute and a half, fine, that works. But yeah, it, like, so Scarlett yeah, Johansson, fake Scarlett Johansson, should that be allowable? Should you be able to be allowed or just generate someone else's image and you didn't mask them? I'm not sure it should. So there's got to be some discussion about that kind so. of thing. But I thought that drill was cute, if maybe pushing the bounds of legal. And look, I've seen AI trailers that are creepy and weird. Like there was one going around for like a 1920 set thing and everyone looked like a monster yes. and they were just like, oh, like I don't like looking at it for that long. But um yeah. This one was this one was it it it, it felt curated. Like 
there's a there's like a, a meeting point right where like there's a human being maybe like he types in something and there's generating something but they're still like choosing just so like where it goes how it goes what part you're seeing this thing did feel a little curated and we don't know where that if there should be a line and if there should be a happy medium where it is but i bet that there's someone there there is one and we're gonna find out through trial and error where it is yeah yeah, I think you're probably right. I do think the likeness thing is a thorny one that does definitely need to get addressed. Yeah, but I think you're right. You know, as with any tool, it'll be a, a lot of painful trial and error and probably uh, legally sticky trial and error until we find that point where it's not, you know, a problematic, but still useful. Okay. Um, We've gone way over right. time. We've got way in the weeds here. Take that lightning round. Uh, I think we've got one more, right? Oh, oh, it, 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 it's it's for you, um, Daniel. Twenty okay. seconds and no more. <laughs> Netflix renews okay. its fantasy drama Sweet Tooth for a third and final season. Yes, uh, my how refreshing to see Netflix not cancel a thing. Uh, so Sweet Tooth, it, their post-apocalyptic show about human-animal hybrids. The second season is on right now. And uh, it's getting great reviews. So thankfully, Netflix did not pull the plug on it. And if you are enjoying it, you'll get to see season three. Boom. Cut off. No more. That's Buzzed. it. We can't go no over. More. That's it. We never do. I couldn't we talk never about will. it for longer if I wanted to. So gotcha. it's fine. And by the way, <laughs> Julie, you're coming over to uh, Miami in July, August. Very exciting. Although that's nice. It's going to be hot in miami in july um but i hope you have a great time what brings you to uh stateside be i don't miami in in july in august that's not beach weather that's yeah. like mm. hide under like go down to a basement and hide under like a pile of cool laundry weather um but i hope <laughs> you have a great time it's hot in florida in august um that's enjoy uh, anything else we want to say <laughs> selling it. and before we sign off or anybody else <sighs> I don't think so uh, you know just thanks for thanks for tuning in everybody as always it's a fun time hanging out with you all it is and good I'm glad you enjoy hot weather it's going to get somebody coming to Miami um, thanks for watching everybody we are live every Wednesday at 2pm central standard time or if if it helps you 3pm mountain um 1 p.m 3 p.m eastern 1 p.m mountain noon that did help western i'm gonna find some other time zones too and uh it's not i confuse things and work them in here also there's some podcast format or podcasts are available uh be it i google play or elsewhere see you next week cody schultz thanks again and stay away from off my turf this podcast is brought to you by fansite join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between.